Welcome to the GT Podcast. Um, we're in Daniel 10 today, so if you've brought a Bible with you, then you might want to get that open, or there are uh, some printouts on the table because it's quite good to have in front of you. Dreams are weird, aren't they? I don't really dream that much anymore. I think since having kids, I'm so tired that my brain just switches off when I uh, go to sleep and I don't really dream that much. But I remember a few years ago when I was sort of probably like in the first year of um, my marriage to Luke, um, we were lying in bed um, one, one night and we were talking and um, I closed my eyes and um, apparently I only closed them for two seconds, but I kind of then opened them and went, oh, I just had such a good dream. And Luke was like, I'm in the middle of a sentence. You closed your eyes for two seconds. And I was like, yeah, but a lot can happen in two seconds. Like, I had a full-on dream, and it was a lovely dream. I won't tell you what it was about, partly because I can't remember, and partly because other people's dreams are so dull, aren't they? Like, when you've had a dream, it's the most exciting thing, and you're like, oh, let me tell you about your dream. But other people don't want to know about your dream, okay? And, I like, who enjoys it when someone else tells you their dream? Not me. Um, they are really weird and they're mysterious. And we have been reading Daniel where over the past few weeks um, he had dreams and visions that were very significant. And so today we're in uh, chapter 10. We're sort of also doing 11 and 12. I foolishly put myself down to do 10, 11 and 12. Then read it and, and went, no, that's not possible to do all three in one. Because it took me three hours just to read chapter 10 and figure out what it was talking about, let alone the others. So a quick overview is that chapter 10 is like a prologue. It kind of sets the, sets the scene for chapter 11, which is um, a, uh, it's called the Book of Truth, and it's a prophecy about the future. It, it's a prophecy that covers 375 years, and it's um, the most historically accurate prophecy that exists, to the point where some critics don't even believe that it was, it was uh, written before it happened. So some critics say that the chapter 11 of Daniel was written afterwards and then popped back in as if it had been predicted. Um, uh, and then chapter 12 is like an epilogue to that, um, that prophecy of kind of how it finishes. So I'd massively recommend reading 11 and 12. We're not going to really look at that today. Massively recommend reading it with a commentary so that you can understand what is uh, going on. But um, I really wanted to just focus on 10 today. And it's very descriptive. It's very visual. There's a lot going on. Um, and so I'm going to invite some volunteers up as I go just to kind of so that we can see what's happening in the story. So... Uh, Daniel 10, verse 1, it says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called, called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. So this... Um, Verse 1 is referring to what happened in Daniel 9. If you were in your small groups this week, then Holly unpacked that. So it's like literally following on. Um, where, where what happened in chapter 9 is Daniel appeared with a message for uh, Daniel. Sorry, Gabriel appeared with a message for Daniel 
um, which was, so Daniel had been eagerly waiting the end of exile. They'd been in exile for 70 years and he'd been waiting for it. Here it was, we were 70 years in, Gabriel appeared and kind of went, it's not going to be the end in the way that you think it is. So, and then he went again. So then Daniel's left going, um, I'd quite like a bit more information on this, if that's okay. So that's, um, so the message was true, but Daniel was left wanting more. So then it says, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So he went into this time of like fasting, mourning, and praying, asking God for more understanding of this. So Dan Farden, as your name is Daniel, please could you be Daniel for me? Please could you? All you have to do is put on a cap which represents that you are an old man. <laughs> That's all you have to do. You can, no, you don't need that. Um, couldn't find a beard, but you already have one, so that's great. So this is Daniel. Daniel is 84 years old. Um, <laughs> yes. Now, remember, you've not, you've not eaten any meat or wine for three weeks, so if you can look, like, hungry and also could do with a drink. Um, and you've also used no lotions, so, you know, your skin's a bit dry. <laughs> yeah, this is great, right? Now we can picture Daniel, what he's doing. So it says, <laughs> this is great, on the 24th day of the first month, I'll just pause there, the 24th day of the first month would be three days after Passover because we know from Exodus that um, Passover is the 21st day of the first month. So that's, they, I, it, it took me ages to figure out why, like, why are they being that specific? It's because Daniel has been fasting over Passover, which is a feasting period. So that kind of shows you the level of his mourning and prayer is that he's fasting during a feasting period. It says, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Holly Walker, please, <laughs> can you be the man in linen? Okay, so we've got some... So, if you could wrap that sort of loosely around you, this is the linen. It's not linen at all, but it was in my linen cupboard. This is, this is, <laughs> this is cracking. So this is a belt of gold. We did spray it gold, but it looks more brown. Doesn't she look great? So it says, we'll just review it again. So we've got um, a man dressed in linen, a belt of fine gold, the, his body like topaz, so that's like we could do with some fake tan, like sort of like goldish color. So if we can just picture that. His face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches. Okay. <laughs> just press the buttons. Yeah. No, we'll point out. <laughs> okay, there we go. If you put them on your eyes, right? This is exactly what it looked like. This is perfect. Arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. And then the, his voice. Hold on, how do I turn this on? I don't think I'm sure it's turning on. Right. 
So just say <laughs> Daniel, and we'll see if this is like the voice of multitudes. Daniel. With Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> we had it in rehearsal. Dan. Daniel. Dan, That's fine. Dan. We can all picture the voice of multitudes, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 If you can just put a little echo. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. 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 Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel. I don't even need a tech team. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Okay. You can, if you, yeah, just hold the torches there and keep blinding people. That would be great. <laughs> They're really bright. Okay. So hopefully this is like really helpful visual for you. Could you just take it? Thanks. Okay. Then it says... <laughs> wow, okay, this is great. I, Daniel, thanks. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. Okay, so that means Daniel was with other people, that's you guys, at the river Tigris, and you can't see this alarming vision of a man. But nevertheless, you are filled with terror. So if you can all do like a <laughs> terror phase and then like hide. Okay, great. So now you're and run away. You've all run away. You've all gone. You know, if you get under the table, you'll miss the next bit. But I like your commitment to the cause. Um, so everyone's run away. And it's Daniel says, I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. I then heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep. Down you go, as if you were in, like, Darren Brown mode. Um, my face to the ground. Sorry, Dan, my face to the ground. This is really uncomfortable. Wow. Okay. So, just, I, you're just going to have to stay there for a minute, but you can turn the torches off if you want. Sorry, Dan. Enjoy. <laughs> I, I, okay. <sighs> okay, so the first question for us is, who is this man in, uh, in linen with this fine gold belt and face like lightning? So some people say that this is an angel because wearing linen indicates um, that it is a heavenly being. But if we compare this to a vision that John gets, which we see in Revelation, which is here, um, then we can see, and it's, um, it's on the back of your sheet if you want to uh, see this as well. So in Revelation 1, it says, Among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet. His head was white as wool. Uh, and white, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters, similar to a multitude. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. So you can see there's loads of similarities there with the belt of fine gold. We've got a sash of uh, gold, the bronze, the glowing, the, the bright face. All of that is similar. And this was John's vision of Jesus. Um, and so 
that that would indicate that what Daniel is seeing is Jesus, but like pre-incarnate Jesus, because Jesus hasn't been born yet. The other verses that you've got there, Ezekiel and Acts and Jeremiah, also just back this up because Ezekiel had a vision that was very similar, saying um, he looked like fire, brilliant light surrounded him. Um, This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell face down. In Acts, um, Saul, who then became Paul, um, had uh, encountered Jesus on the road. He didn't actually see him because he was blind. He fell face down. And then the other clue is Jeremiah. uh, In Jeremiah, it says that the Lord had said, when 70 years are completed, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. And it has been 70 years. So Daniel is expecting the Lord to come back. So all in all, we are thinking this is Jesus or the Son of Man or the glory of God, whichever language you find most helpful. Thank you. So then it says, A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have been sent to you. One minute, Dan. So David Lunken, dressed in white, is going to be, this is a different person or being that we have also appeared in this vision. So just some extra white for you there. Don't ask why I have so many white sheets at my house. So, so then this, so you're going to get closer to Daniel. Dave, yeah, that's fine. So you, so this, what this says, a hand touched me and you help him up onto his hands and knees, which he's done and said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. And for now, uh, uh, for I have now been sent to you. And then when he said this, I stood up. So Dan, you can stand up. Excellent. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. So we might also be thinking, who is this being? This, he starts by saying, do not be afraid. That is a clue because we know of another being that often starts with those words, do not be afraid. Um, he says, since the first day that you set your mind, so remember, we know from the start of Daniel 10 that he was praying, fasting, mourning for three weeks. Um, so what this being is saying is since, since you started, set your mind to gaining understanding, your words were heard then. On that very first day, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. So I've come to answer your prayer. God has sent me to answer this, what you've been praying for three weeks. He says, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. So I've been held back for 21 days by the prince of the Persian kingdom, which is probably not an earthly prince. It is a, what would we call that, like a demon or a fallen angel. There's, this is a spiritual realm that we're talking about here. So someone, some being that has an evil hold over Persia has been fighting with this lovely being and and not letting him come and it's taken him 21 days to get here. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, so we know from other places in the Bible from Revelations 12 and Jude 1 that Michael is an archangel. So it says, then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there. So the battle, the spiritual fight that was going on was so bad, 
another being had to come so then he could get away. And he says, now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So I think this is Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, who also um, came at the time of Jesus's birth, who often started by saying, do not be afraid. Um, and he, he was, we saw him in chapter nine when he gave the initial kind of prophecy that this isn't going to look like what you're hoping it's going to look like. Then he disappeared to go and have a big spiritual fight with the Prince of Persia. And now he's managed to get back to explain a bit more. Okay, we track in with what's going on. This is really helpful. Thank you. Um, and then it says, while he was saying to this, this to me, I bowed with my face towards the ground and I was speechless. <laughs> then one who looked like a man, so that's you again, David, uh, touched my lips you don't have to do that and <laughs> you can do that and opened my mouth and began to speak and I said to the one standing before me I am overcome with anguish because of the vision my lord and I feel very weak how can I your servant talk with you my lord my strength is gone and I can hardly breathe so he's still talking to Gabriel um, because Gabriel is close to Daniel Jesus is off a sort of vision in the distance. Gabriel's able to touch Daniel, um, and this whole vision has weakened him, as we can see here, um, and Gabriel can strengthen him. That's what's happening here. There's a strengthening going on, um, and just note as well that Daniel calls him my Lord, like lowercase. He's not referring to the Lord, which would be a capital L or Yahweh, but he's referring to him as my Lord. So there's a um, like a reverence going on, but it's not, it's not God himself that's here. And again, the one who looked like a man, that's you, touched me and gave me strength. So then he instantly becomes strong and he says, do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed, peace, be strong now, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and, I, and said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, do you know why I've come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. So then we go into chapter 11 where Gabriel explains this prophecy, which is 375 years old. But this whole thing is like the setup for that. Thank you very much, helpers. You can return your props. And so Gabriel then has to go and keep fighting the Prince of Persia. That battle isn't over yet. But before he goes, he, he, he says a bit more that we see in chapter 11. And so there is... <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> there is so much that we could pick up um, here from this passage. It's, you know, there's a lot going on there. The whole idea of a spiritual battle for land, I find really, really interesting. The idea of like contending for land and for power. I mean, imagine if we found out there's like a Prince of Burnholm that is here each week, like an evil prince, and then there's angels, and this whole battle is going on that 
we don't even know about it. And in fact, I arrived early one, one Sunday and as I sort of pulled up on my bike and I was locking my bike up, I did get this like massive sense of like a spirit of conflict in the building, um, which I've not really had before. And so I did a prayer walk around every room in the building and just sort of prayed in the name of Jesus that anything that was here would be gone. So I do, I do think battles are happening all the time that we don't know about it. But I don't think that was is our focus for today. Um, I asked God, out of all of this, what do you really want to lead us to today? And um, I really felt like he really wanted to draw out this idea of the appearance of the Son of Man that Daniel uh, sees. Um, I googled, like, because this is quite a detailed description of someone, um, and I googled it, so I thought, surely someone's created this image, and there was nothing except sort of very, like, old-school, you know, ethereal images. So I did what any good person would do and went on an AI site and put in the description, and this is what came up. Wow. <laughs> No, I mean, I would actually be gutted if Jesus looked like this. This is awful. Um, so hence why Google didn't give me any answers, because that's the best that an AI could do with all that information. But the thing that really struck me in all of this is this idea that the Son of Man appeared to Daniel, um, meaning that Jesus existed before he was born and I think we don't often think about that and remember that, that Jesus existed before he was born on earth. Now, when I was um, young, I grew up in a non-Christian family, didn't go to church or anything. And so, and my parents aren't particularly spiritual. Or, I mean, my dad thinks that all humans are aliens landed on earth. Um, and that's the you know, the depth of his spirituality. Um, but other than that, there was not really any sort of chat about spiritual stuff. And so I developed, like, what my own thoughts on what happened in the world. And I basically had this very strong concept that heaven was a queue of souls, like a really, really long queue of souls. And when you get to the front of the queue, then it's your turn to, like, pop down and jump into, like, a baby as it's being born. And that's what I pictured. And then when you die, your soul just goes to the back of the queue, and then you get to go again. And you'd and then I was like, oh, that. But how many times do you do that? And I thought, I think you do it three times, and then you go to proper heaven after that. So you get, like, three chances on earth. Obviously, I had no concept of how many humans are in the world and how big that queue would have to be. But I just had this idea that everyone just went round and round a few times, like having another go at living. Now, I don't believe that now, obviously, although it does say in the Bible that God knows us before we're born. So figure that one out. But I don't think it's a queue of souls. <laughs> so like God going, I know you, I know you. <laughs> no. Um, but before Jesus was born to Mary, before Jesus was given that earthly name of Jesus, he existed. He already existed. In fact, he, he existed since creation. So if we have a look in Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then if we jump ahead into John. So in John 1, just like linked to that, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. 
Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then later, it's still in John 1, but uh, verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus was there at creation. Jesus was the word. And he, was, he was God and he was with God. And then in Revelation 19, when John sees the image, he says, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The word of God is often how Jesus is referred to before he became Jesus as we know him. And he has existed before he existed on earth. So God is one being, I think we know that, but he exists as three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that whole concept of God as a trinity kind of transcends our understanding. Like we can use all the metaphors like, you know, ice and water, and you can use like the color, you know, like like God is like white light, but then that's made up of lots of um, different lights, different colors within it. But none of those metaphors are ever will give us the full understanding of what that means for God to be God, but also to be the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's so much bigger than our minds can completely grasp. But there is only one Yahweh, and it's really important we remember that Yahweh is the name that God gave himself. He revealed himself, but he exists as three. And Jesus, or the Word, or the Son of Man, or the Son of God, or God's glory, that's all the same. That's the same being, the same part of God. And this description by Daniel is of a man, that he's, he reveals himself as a man. Um, and it's the same in Revelation. He is God, but he isn't the Father. He's different to the Father. In fact, Jesus prays to the Father, showing that he's not praying to himself. He's praying to the Father. But he is God, but he's praying to God. But he's, but he's the Son that's praying to the Father. So Jesus exists in eternity. And I think we often think of Jesus in like the different stages of his life. Like at Christmas, we think of baby Jesus, little Jesus in the crib. He never even cried. Isn't he cute? And then um, we see pastor Jesus that kind of looks after people and nurtures people. We might see rebellious Jesus that breaks the rules and annoys the Pharisees. And um, eventually we see ascended Jesus, a Jesus that, that's risen and he's back. And he's still fully, he's like, you know, you can touch him when he, after he's risen and come back. So he's still a physical being and then he ascends and now he exists in heaven. But forever doesn't just mean forwards. Forever also means like backwards. Like he's existed since the start of time, even before he was called Jesus. He was there at creation and he will be there at the end of time. And all that comes between that. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. 
And if we're not careful, then I think Jesus can accidentally sort of become immortalized as a 33-year-old man, like wearing the things that Jesus would have worn in that time, or even worse, a 33-year-old white man with beautiful long hair. That, that might get locked in our brain if we're not careful, but that's not all that he is. And the vision that Daniel had of the sun is one that God revealed to him. God revealed what, you know, what Holly sort of tried to demonstrate there is what, that's, that's what God revealed to Daniel in that moment. And the vision that John had of the son of man is the one that God revealed to him. And Saul, who became Paul, didn't even get a vision because he was made blind. And, but he, all he got was to hear Jesus's voice. And Jesus, who walked on earth, was the vision of the Son that God wanted to reveal to humankind, that God wanted to reveal to us. I wonder, have you had a vision of the Son? Has God revealed to you his glory through his Son? Maybe not in a vision like the one Daniel got. Maybe not an angel picking you up off the floor and giving you strength. But maybe at some point you've caught sight of who Jesus is. Maybe you regularly have fresh sight of who Jesus is. Or maybe you would like a fresh revelation of this. A few years ago, I realized that um, I mean, I've been a Christian quite a long time, but I couldn't picture Jesus's face. And I associated it, I think, because when I was a teenager, I had some kind of creepy encounters with some Middle Eastern men when I was on holiday. And I kind of realized that because I, I was, I recognized that Jesus, you know, would have looked Middle Eastern and not white. I couldn't find his face, though, because it had like got warped in my sort of my teenage brain of being locked in like that. And um, and I didn't, so whenever I pictured Jesus, there was just no face. And that was like a bit weird to try and relate to someone that hasn't got a face. So um, I, I prayed and I asked God to like reveal that to me and to kind of break that, um, that in me so that I could connect with it. And that night I had a dream where Jesus came and sat on my bed and talked to me and I saw his face for the first time. And, um, and it obviously, you know, really changed the way that I can relate to, to him um thankfully I didn't have to be picked up off the floor but I that was like my first glimpse at what Jesus might look like and I I don't I'm not saying that was what Jesus looked like but that's what God revealed to me so maybe you're in a season of your life where you regularly encounter Jesus and you know what he looks like and you have sight of everything that he is and so that's amazing and let's bless that together but maybe you feel like you've just lost sight of Jesus a little bit. You maybe feel a bit like you're blindly following him, sort of like someone at the back of the crowd that like, can kind of see him, but not quite sure where he is. And so I would just love to pray for a fresh revelation for us today. Even if you don't feel you need it, you know, like I'd always take a fresh revelation of Jesus. Or maybe you're not sure that you've ever fully encountered Jesus. Maybe you're not sure that you've ever fully like had sight of him. Maybe you're exploring and you're asking questions, but God hasn't revealed Jesus to you yet today. And yet today you can ask for that. And we would love to ask for that for you. But each of you knows where you're at. Um, and he hears your prayers, just like in this chapter we see Daniel starts praying and he doesn't get an answer to prayer for 21 days. For a lot of us, you know, it's a lot longer than that before we even begin to think God might have heard our prayers. But he does hear our prayers. And so let's pray together, Dan, if you want to come up and we'll worship as well. Why don't you stand up with me? Well, let's um, 
just get ourselves into a posture of prayer. If you want to stay sitting, that's fine, I understand. So, Father God, thank you so much for this vision of Jesus that Daniel had and the vision that John had. And thank you for revealing Jesus to us as he walked on earth, but also in our own lives. And so we pray, God, for a fresh revelation for each of us. We pray that we will not lose sight of who Jesus is, that we will not lose sight of his face, that we will keep our eyes fixed on him. And God, I pray for anyone who who maybe hasn't had a, an encounter, who you've not revealed Jesus to, I pray that you will do that, that you will speak to them. And any of us that really want like a, an igniting to happen, any of us that feel like we're at the back of a crowd, just trying to, trying to see through the crowd, God, I pray that you will elevate those people and take them so that they can stand right next to Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this space to work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.